This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate. White flag this time. One to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it, though. One and one. He flies way up high and takes the white flag. Hello everyone, I'm Randy Pettit, your host of The Pit Stop, and we welcome you to this 2023 racing season, and this program will dedicate itself over the course of the 2023 season, covering grassroots racing of all forms all across the great state of North Carolina. That is our mission this year, and thank you whether you're listening to us on local radio stations across our state. If you found us on Facebook or in the podcast form, we appreciate you finding our show. Again, my name's Randy Pettit. I'm most known for being one of the voices of North Wilkesboro Speedway back when it was running cup races. And of course, the legendary Coca-Cola 300 triple headers, Coke 400s. We had a lot of fun up there at Wilkesboro. And of course, I was at the Madhouse over in Winston-Salem for 15 seasons. Well, when you talk about grassroots racing, the top of the mountain would be the man that is on our show tonight. He became the youngest winner of that national championship for NASCAR's Division One. And folks, this is for tracks uh, in 25 different states, three Canadian provinces. So he beat the best of the best of the best all across America and Canada. He's our guest tonight on this edition of the Pit Stop. We're talking about Lane Riggs, and Lane is from Bahama, North Carolina. Lane, welcome to the program, and congratulations. You're now the youngest Division One national champion of NASCAR. Wow, how does it feel? It, it feels great. It's finally sunk in after all this time and been uh, treated like royal, royalty by NASCAR and other racers the past couple months trying to sink it all in and soak it all in. It's been great experience, uh, something that – all those hard late nights, blood, sweat, and tears, all those three things did happen at some point or the other, and they all paid off to have a, a great reward and something you can never take from me. Lane, for the fans listening out there all across North Carolina, you live in Bahama, which is one of the many great small communities that make up the Tar Heel State, and it's located just outside of Durham. So if you will, Orange County Speedway and South Boston Speedway, probably your two home tracks, Wake County Speedway, just a hop, skip, and a jump down the road from you as well. Uh, you raced in 2022 uh, at several tracks to win this championship. You were up in Virginia a lot, uh, Dominion Raceway, Motor Mile up there uh, near Christiansburg, Virginia, and, of course, uh, South Boston Speedway, where you uh, came home with the 2022 track championship. That in itself, a pretty amazing feat. You also logged some laps that counted toward this title over at Wake County Speedway and, of course, the legendary Hickory Motor Speedway. And, folks, he had quite a season. He had 43 starts that counted toward the title. 16 trips to victory lane, 30 top five finishes, 38 top 10 finishes lane. That's a, that's a heck of a career for a lot of folks, much less to do it all in one season. And what made it even more amazing is you guys did not start out the 2022 season talking about winning the NASCAR national championship. How did this all come about? Yeah. So funny and ironically enough, this was the year that we were going to take off go to the lake and the beach and hang out and have a good, nice, you know, stress-free season. We're all going to have fun. And we started and we said, hey, you know, we ran a couple of cars to races. We're like, hey, you know, I've never really ran much at South Boston local. It's right here up the road. Let's go, you know, hit a couple of races and see how we do. 
you know, we're like, we know Peyton's really tough and, you know, Jacob Boris is really tough. They're really tough competitors when you race the track every single weekend and that's your local track versus, you know, the past four or five years I've been touring around, hit a different track with the same people. So I was like, you know, we're going to go to go in these guys' backyard and see how we stack up and came out first race swinging, won both the features, came back next race, won next two. And we're like, wow, we're, we got to come back next week and, and you got to come back next week. And we just kept having some success. Um, people like Josh Berry and Lee Pulliam and other national champions were coming to me saying, hey, you were really ahead in the points right now. You have such an early start and so much success early. You'd be crazy not to go for it. So we're like, we knew how tall of a task it was going to be. We know how grueling it was going to be, especially me being in college at the same time. But, um, you know, thanks to dad and everybody on the team and all the volunteer help that stepped up to make it happen. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. But it was a pretty fairy tale season for sure. We had a lot of a lot of success. We had a lot of disappointing times, a lot of stressful moments there in the, the late later stages of the championship. But, you know, to end up being crowned 2022 national champion, the youngest one to do it is, you know, something I'll remember forever. Yeah, no matter uh, what you do going forward in your career, you're always going to be known as a national champion, and you beat a lot of tough competitors, and one of them is a man that you beat by only four points for the national championship. And, fans, that simply means on a double point night at a NASCAR track, that's basically one spot on the racetrack. So that's, that's about as close as you can get. And Peyton Sellers had the title as the youngest national champion previously, uh, he was 21 years old when he won that title back in 2005. And by the way, he won 14 out of 16 at South Boston that year. So he knows how to get around that place pretty well. Uh, Peyton, of course, a, a two-time NASCAR national champion. And, uh, you know, you beat some other great names. The folks uh, near my hometown of Winston-Salem might recognize the name of Tim Brown over at the Madhouse. Uh, Tim finished ninth in the NASCAR Division One National Championship, 110 points behind. Of course, Tim won the title there at Bowman Grace. So that just tells you how hard it is to, uh, to get up there in that top five. By the way, the uh, Virginia state title, uh, Peyton, Peyton Sellers won that by just a few points over you. So uh, you got the Southeast Region Championship and the National Championship and the South Boston Track Championship. And shout out to Clay Jones. Uh, he had a heck of a season as well, uh, running primarily down there at Wake County Speedway, uh, won the North Carolina State title by just four points over Tim Brown of Madhouse fame. So Lane, tough competition everywhere you turn. Uh, obviously South Boston, you you figured that place out. What was it like racing up there at Dominion uh, Motor Mile as well? A lot of tough competitors up there in Virginia. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of them as well. You know, there's always a steady big car count every weekend we went. And um, yeah, it was tough just trying to go in there, especially running at Dominion on the McCreary tires. You know, I, I've had no experience on McCreary's in the past till this season. And, you know, Peyton and the other guys, they've been racing on them since Dominion started, which was, what, four or five years now, six years almost. Um, it's funny. I actually won my first Cars to race at Dominion back in 2016. I saw that. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty long time ago. And that was when the track was brand new and first came out. I always liked Dominion. So to go back there and run local, it was, uh, it was very trying, very tough. And we really had to do our homework. Those guys had a lot more experience on tires. Doug Barnes was always really fast when we went. And uh, it, those guys are up there, no slouches. So you know, to go up there and just get even a couple wins, you know, it wasn't our most successful track on the schedule, but just to be able to match their wins or do just as good as them or be right there at them 
to even out, you know, the success I had down here is what it took. And if we didn't do the homework and we didn't get good on the McCreary's, we wouldn't have won the championship. Lane, um, you have also won some other signature late model races during your career. I was there in 2019 when you won the Rodney Cook Classic. That is a very prestigious late model race uh, that we remember a great racer, Rodney Cook at Ace Speedway. And there's many others around. Valley Star 300 at Martinsville. Is that on the bucket list for you? Uh, everybody wants to win Martinsville. Any big race that all the eyes are on, I, I want to go win it. And, you know, this past year, I hate that we had to miss it. It's a race that everybody was expecting me to go to. You know, Peyton ended up winning the race, but we were just so tired. My team, the cars are tired. They're all blowing oil out the seals. I mean, everything's just so rough at the end of the season. We put all of our eggs in the basket to win the national championship. You know, if we did go and run Martinsville, we don't think that we could have got the job done. We wouldn't have been prepared. Those other guys had a Martinsville car sitting over there just waiting to go to that race later in the year. We didn't have the opportunity to have that. So, you know, I said, let's just, you know, step away. We'll go back and run a couple big ones at the end of the year. And we thankfully went back to the Rodney Cook Classic and picked up my final win of the season. So, um, but yeah, everybody wants to win Martinsville. Folks, you're listening to The Pit Stop, whether you're listening on live local radio or found us in a podcast form on Facebook or the magic of the internet. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. We've got NASCAR's Division I National Champion for 2022, Lane Riggs, in our studio tonight. And uh, Lane, we're going to wrap up segment one here. I wanted to um, to talk about the fact that even though you're a young man, you're 20 years old, you've been racing a while. Uh, you actually started in the Cars Tour when you were just 14 years old. So uh, times have changed. You got to get out there and get going early if you want to be successful uh, running in the late model world. Yeah, for sure. It's I'm only 20 years old, but I feel like the old man out there already. The, the new kids coming in, they have. You know, and I look at them like, wow, they're so young. And I think, wait, hold on. That was me at one point. It's it's so weird to look back and think that, you know, when I was 14, I didn't even think about it. I was like, hey, you know, just out here racing cars with everybody else. And, you know, I think looking back, the success that I did have at such a young age was pretty remarkable and uh, something that I was able to build off of. So really cool. And, you know, got to run the cars tour, really seasoned me to to be the racer I am today, matured me. I was able to understand race craft, how to race people, you know, the best in the business. I raced against every weekend, Josh Berry, Lee Pulliam, and, and everybody else that was successful, Bob McCarty, I mean, everybody. And, uh, you know, looking back, those guys really helped me learn. And it, I had this past season, I had to put all those skills I learned and put them to the test to win the, the big trophy. Folks, I'm Randy Pettit, and you're listening to The Pit Stop. And we'll be back in just a few moments as we continue our conversation with 2022 NASCAR National Division I champion, Lane Riggs. And welcome back to this edition of The Pit Stop. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. Some have called me racing's greatest showman, and I've been called a little bit of everything. That's the voice that you've heard for 15 seasons over at the Madhouse in Winston-Salem. Called many a race up at North Wilkesboro Speedway and 111 other tracks around the country. And uh, we're racing in January down at Caraway Speedway. So, hey, if there's a race around, there's a pretty good chance you're going to hear me. We have got a very special guest today on the pit stop. Uh, we're talking about grassroots racing all across North Carolina. And if you're going to talk grassroots racing, then, of course, the NASCAR national champion is a member of the Tar Heel State. And he's actually a second-generation driver. His name is Lane Riggs. And I've also got a surprise. I've got proud papa, Scott Riggs, 
former member of the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity and Trucks is joining us today too. And Scott, how about that young man, man? Congratulations on you guys bagging the championship for 2022. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been uh, it's been a trying season in 2022 for sure. Um, I can't say enough about Lane. I know he's my son, so it's easy for me to brag about him. And uh, he's always been such a good driver that he's the one that's really pushed the team to the limit to be able to make sure that we can provide good race cars for him every week because no matter what, whatever race car we give him, he's going to get the absolute most out of it every single time. Lane, did the old man get on the headset and give you an earful a few times uh, during the course of a long season? Well, we've had enough times together. I had to give it back to him sometimes. That's just what father-son relationships are all about. But, um, yeah, we had our ups and downs. We had our stressful moments. We had our, uh, you know, crying on the radio and happy tear moments when we win races. So it's. Uh, I wish that we recorded those radio um, conversations sometimes those are always um, interesting to the be nice yeah to we might can make a few bucks off of those right <laughs> I was you probably make a lot of money off of it and it'd be uh, for real the the short track radioactive I'm surprised the cars tour hasn't done radioactive they're you know always into the new and upcoming things so I'm surprised they wouldn't start that this season it would be a definitely a show within a show. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Scott Riggs, that's a name that race fans across the Carolinas will remember. And if they don't know that name, they need to Google it. Uh, Scott, you started racing motorcycles when you were 14 years old. And today's standards, that's pretty late, man. You're late in the game if you do that today. Uh, Scott was an AMA state champion here in North Carolina. Scott, I believe you're around 15, 16 years old when you won those two titles. And, and then you tried out four wheels. And for all of our grassroots racers across North Carolina, Scott got his start in the mini stock division, right, Scott? Yes, I did. It was uh, it was a four cylinder Pinto engine and car that had been turned upside down that we bought for thirteen hundred bucks. And my dad brought it home and said, "We're not racing motorcycles anymore. We're racing cars." So <laughs> um, that sort of started everything. Um, I, I, it's funny we were talking about it the other day that we I have a picture somewhere that I need to dig back up. It's actually a picture of me in that that first four cylinder car, and I was going around the racetrack. Coming off turn two at Orange County Speedway, and the pitcher captured me looking completely 90 degrees through the window net, looking into the pits to see what my dad's signal was going to be of how much longer I needed to keep running. <laughs> I hear you, man. You've come a long way, baby. Uh, 28 years old when you made your Truck Series debut in 1999. Uh, again, by today's standards, that's pretty late. You won five truck races and 60 starts in the trucks. Xfinity, four wins, 115 starts. And I know the, the thing that probably sticks in your crawl, uh, 208 starts in the big leagues, three poles, 10 cup seasons, but man, victory lane just eluded you. I remember that you came close a few times. What is the big one in the big leagues uh, that got away for you? Well, that's definitely Charlotte for the 600. Um, you, you remember when you should have won races, you don't remember the races you did win. The 600 is something that still sticks out in my mind along with everyone else. Um, you know, that talks about my race and they always talk about, uh, that they were there on the 600 and man, you should have won. And we had made all the moves. We sat on the pole. We did all the right moves during the race, put ourselves in position to, uh, to capture the lead late in the race. And then we ran out of fuel coming down pit road for our last pit stop. And we still probably had a good shot at winning the race still, 
But then the uh, I remember our, our gas and uh, in, in, well, the entire team was pushing the truck, trying. I mean, the, the cup car trying to get it back started. And I remember that uh, the Jack man went out of the pit stall, dragging the Jack with one hand. And that's right. Had to come back in for another black flag stop. So um, that was the one that got away. This is the one everyone talks about. Uh, who knows how the career could have changed a little bit with that win. Um, but, you know, I was very appreciative of the time I did have all the racing that I did uh, participate in was competitive. Those are the ones that, that are, that were fun to me. And uh, I thought I was out of racing once I quit racing and, I came back home and uh, uh, I saw how much drive that my son had in pushing towards wanting to, to drive cars. And once I put Lane in a car from that day on, I've been full blown, 100% back in racing, all working on his car ever since. Yeah, you thought you were done, right? Uh, I what, did. What, um, what was the trigger where you said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this kid my best effort to see if he can do it? Well, we, we have a little red clay go-kart track here at the house and we would always enjoy a Wednesday or Thursday evening getting a chance for everyone to come over and we always raced against each other and Lane was just out there with us if we were on the track he was going to be one of the guys out there with us and I had so many guys that were racing go-karts at the time and they would come over to play with us on our track and I remember a, a good friend of mine telling my wife if you don't give that kid a chance in a car, you you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and, she, and it got under her skin so bad, she came to me and said, we've got to give him a shot. And I said, well, do you understand what you're asking? You're talking about putting him in a race car. So sure enough, at 10 years old, uh, we had a four-cylinder built, and we put him in it. And uh, within, I just told him, I said, this is just a big, bigger track, but it's just a big go-kart. And he took right off from that. Um, I think he qualified uh, on the pole and finished second, his very first race. And, uh, man, it's been full throttle, wide open, trying to keep the cars up to lane standard ever since. Lane, you were, um, you were, you know, basically a baby uh, being carried around the racetracks, watching the old man do his thing and um, probably just in your blood, right? Couldn't help it. It is. It's it's funny talking about that being around the racetracks when he was dad was racing. It was just, you know, as a kid, I feel like everybody was race. Everybody's dad was a race car driver and it was nothing really important or interesting to me at the time. And I, I regret those days that I didn't really care about it because now when he got out of it is when I really started getting interested in it. So um, I mean, it was good timing because he's been to almost every single one of my races and been crew chief the whole time. And you know, we've built such a good relationship off of it that I'll never forget. But it kind of sucks that when he was in the Cup Series and I was going to all the races that I didn't really appreciate in the moment, which, I mean, any kid that doesn't know any better <laughs> would do the same thing. Now, Scott, does everybody uh, think you ought to have a little darker suntan since you live in the Bahamas? <laughs> I know you probably get that a lot. Uh, tell us a little about how you landed in Bahama. A uh, little, little town, about 3,300 people in the shadows of Durham. Uh, how long have you have you guys been in the Bahama area? Well, I've been here my entire life, which is now 52 years. So um, this is a place that um, my grandfather and on both sides, my grandparents on both sides of my mom and my dad, uh, both have lived here in this area. And the land that I actually live on is handed down family land. Uh, it was a few acres that I was the the first grandchild to come into the the scene, and was able to uh, to get a couple acres to build a house on. And 
I've uh, bought some more of the family land around me as the times goes on. And um, I think this is where they're going to probably have a little headstone somewhere around here where I'll be propped up years to come. I spent some time up there with uh, Chip Lofton and the folks at Strutmasters in Roxborough, not too far away from you. That is a great area of the world. Guys, uh, short track racing across North Carolina. Uh, there's some places that are still rolling along pretty well, and there's some places where you're wondering just how much longer the tracks are going to make it. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Uh, one, of, one of your you know, home tracks here, Orange County Speedway, not running a whole lot. Uh, you know, you go up the road a little bit there uh, to South Boston Speedway. It's thriving. Hickory Motor Speedway hanging in there. Wake County Speedway getting uh, resurgence. Talk a little bit about uh, the state of short track racing across North Carolina since you've been around the block just a little. Well, I know that when I was racing full time in a late model stock series back in my heyday, which was 25 plus years ago, I mean, there was there was a, at least 20 to 25 cars in the late model stock field every single week. Uh, the stands were full. Uh, we would go between Orange County Speedway and South Boston Speedway and go back and forth weekend to weekend. Um, and it was just a, it was really the heyday when everything was, was very uh, uh, lively, had plenty of people in the stands. Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't expensive to race, but, it wasn't what it is today. And um, it's definitely changed a lot. I see that, like say, there's not that many car count uh, as it used to be. Definitely not filling the stands the way that it used to. I mean, a lot of it has to do with there's so many races now that are actually televised that people just don't go to the track to, to see the race. So um, I think it's been, uh, it's been hard to see so many good racetracks, especially a facility like Orange County Speedway, it produces such good side-by-side -side racing. Agreed. Uh, just not having the kind of capability to have a, a, you know, every single week to be able to put on a good show. And I think that, you know, it all boils down to, unfortunately, it just boils down to if you can put the big purse up, you'll draw the big crowds. And as long as you do a good job with your facility maintenance and you make sure that you have good people behind the scenes as far as, your inspectors and the people that run the racetracks. Uh, I mean, you know, my dream is for someone um, like uh, Turner. I mean, Robert Turner, if, if he was someone that could run Orange County Speedway, he's someone that knows how to run a racetrack. He appreciates all the cars and the competitors. He tries to help you put on that show and he knows that that show is built around the competitors that they are. And that's why he has such good turnout every time that he has a Rodney cook classic. Um, he has, he puts the money up, the purse up that draws the big crowd of, of com competition. And when the big competition is there, that's when you have the big turnout in the stands to watch that race. Scott, uh, great comments. Appreciate you hopping on. We'll see you at the track soon. Lane Riggs, ladies and gentlemen, and his dad, Scott, uh, Scott, an all-timer in the in the Cup Trucks and Xfinity Series, Lane, the 2022 NASCAR Division One National Champion. Lane, last word, congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us on. Thanks, man. Folks, I'm Randy Pettit, and we appreciate you listening to this edition of the Pit Stop, and we'll see you at the track soon. <laughs>